Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. Podcast episode 107. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here mm-hmm. from the Gotham Podcast Studio. What's going on, man? I had a big night last night. You had a big night last night? I did. Why? I did. Remember uh, the Side Hustle was screen for the first time. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. That's right. Side Hustle was screened. There's a lot of, lot of now, now, when you uh, have something screened. World um, Web Fest Mania. That was this. This is Web Fest Mania. Um, Ryan, this this was your first screening, right? Yes. This is the fourth selection, but first, first screening. screening. Yes. Um, I had the Sports Walk in season one screened for the NYC Web Fest before. Always dope to go to a screening. Um, you get to see some interesting things there in terms of content, other things that people are creating, maybe things that you wouldn't even do. Other stuff was good. Some of the other stuff was good. There was definitely some stuff that I would never do. Right. Um, not for better or worse necessarily. It's just not really my lane. But but it's still dope to see, man. Like, it's still dope to see. And the two that won, there was a winner and an honorable mention. There, we were like the top 10 for yeah. this class, right? So there was 10 of us that got screened. So we also oh, they screened and announced the winners last night. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we were all finalists. Okay. And they picked the two, and the two were the I felt like the most deserving ones there, especially since like mine isn't really a film. It was the only one that was like more of a show, I mean, as you know. I mean, that's still dope to get in. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I was like, and we still we're still getting into these festivals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we've gotten into others. There's another that's probably going to screen us though. It's going to be later this year, and then we're still waiting to see on a few we like it's not me, and then I'm still waiting to hear. No, it's we. You had people work on. <laughs> With you, it is we. So. <laughs> like two. <laughs> it's but, still a we. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, um we have uh we have more coming, perhaps I wanna say. But four selections, uh three finalists, just one just regular selection, and you know, we'll this see. Is, this is after one season, people. One, one season, season, eight episodes. One season. Um it's good. And, and, and look, this is this is on my resume. This is on my LinkedIn profile. You know what I'm saying? You like are, you have this, created some content. This, you hosted. This, everything is there. The versatility is there, but you know some people still want to front on your boy. It's okay. People stay. Right, people though. stay front. Actually, right, we'll get into this. We got we'll, somebody that we'll, I want to talk to next episode. We'll, about we'll, this. We'll, we'll get into this another time. And I was talking with somebody on Twitter about this and fronting and going through the loops and holes. Because of, remember, Bomani Jones, he was talking about um, the coaching hires recently. He was saying, yeah. "Look, this is how it is for some black coaches. You're out here getting all this experience, like." Eric Bieniemy, who we've talked about in the last mm-hmm. episode with Jamal, and you know, look at what happens. Look at the kind of dudes they hire just because they oh they got that look or they think that they have it. When why are you, what are you out here getting all this experience for? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, sometimes in if this, you're black and of or Hispanic or whatever. Sometimes in this game, you have to you have to wonder about that. But a, a lot going on in the world you just of sports. Keep working at the end of the day, That's you it. do. You gotta keep grinding. A lot going on in the world of sports. A lot we want to get to. Um, first up. 
we got to get to this Major League Baseball. Oh boy, sign stealing. Pissed scandal. about this. I'm pissed about like, this. You're red hot. Like I, not that I don't care, but I definitely don't care in the way that matches how you feel about this. The way I this feel, is your floor. <laughs> no, the way I feel about this is a little bit different in in how the people reacted to this and mm. how baseball has dealt with this. This will be kind of be a topic of this podcast and about how news is covered for certain things. Oh, okay. Uh, and how things are covered in different ways. Yes. And op- different opportunities are given to people. I'm going to go with this. Let's let's give a little recap. If you don't know, if you've been under a rock, we do not talk a lot of baseball on here in particular. So <laughs> most of America doesn't <laughs> unless it's stuff like this. <laughs> so now this this but this is this is big. This is a big time scandal. I understand Brian doesn't necessarily care as much as I do, and he will get to that and explain that. Um, but there had been an investigation going back to the start of the offseason around the Houston Astros. Right. Um, who won the 2018 uh, World Series. Um, obviously, the Nationals won this past year against them, came back and won. The Astros were accused of sign-stealing and using technology to do it. Now, I'm going to start off by saying this. Mm-hmm. Stealing signs in baseball, it's been going on forever. Yeah. I don't really care about people stealing the signs. Me neither. Everyone's trying to get an edge in everything. In How life. you steal the signs, though, if you, if you pick it up from watching something during the game, if you're scouting and you see something, cool. It's all good. Yeah. All, all in the game. Yeah. It's all in the game. If you are... Using technology and video cameras and buzzers, which we'll get to later. <laughs> Yo, that's not cool. That's not part of the game. That's not even fun. I agree. What are y'all doing? I agree. No. But so- you know you know, you know what's going on there. It's just, again, sports being a microcosm of society is uh, people getting in from these analytical backgrounds and numbers and trying to dehumanize athletes and things like that. And it's basically them trying to, oh, how can we get an edge here? So I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a good point. I think that's the link there. Yeah. I think the link goes to the game. Baseball's always been a numbers game. Let me say that by first. Yes. But I think the game becoming even more analytical, GMs having even more control in that way where they're telling managers how to set their lineups, we're going away from feel. I think that, I couldn't agree with you more, that leads to this. There's always cause and effect. It doesn't come out of nothing. This in Some of it is what you said. I agree with that, too. People are always going to try to find an edge, right? But when you push and make everything so much about the numbers, you get to this point, right? It's so much about the numbers. It's so data-driven. It's so technology-driven. Now we're going to push the limits of technology into sport even more. And I think this is absolutely what happened here. So you got the Astros. There was this investigation by MLB through the offseason. Early this month, you see the investigation comes out. And implicated in the investigation are uh, the manager of the Houston Astros, A.J. Hinch. Um, also, general manager, Jeff Lunhow. Mm-hmm. And um, former bench coach, who then also won a World Series with the Red Sox, Alex Cora, mm-hmm. um, who was the bench coach there. And then also, well, now former, we'll get to this in a second, mm. uh, player on the Astros and former Mets manager, uh, your Puerto Rican brother. <sighs> Carlos Beltran, um, and Alex Cora is Puerto Rican. And too. Alex Cora is Puerto Rican. Jeez. I'm going to get to the racial dynamic in this that I think a lot of people. You are think there is to. one? Oh yeah, I do. I, no, oh. that will play out. I'll get to oh, that. Oh okay. Later. I think oh, the racial oh. dynamic is going to play out here. Okay. Everybody who did this and was a part of this is wrong. We're going to be clear on that. I That's agree. the cheating is wrong. I agree. You can't do that. The, the, there was 
reports to be clear that they were getting video signals. The video coordinator was sending the message or calling down to the uh, dugout. The players were then banging on trash cans, <laughs> making certain sounds so that the batters knew what pitch was coming. So ridiculous. Now, if you look Very at... Very elaborate and ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> now, if you look at some of the past World Series before that, where the Dodgers were in 2017 against the Astros and 2018 against the Red Sox, uh, the Dodgers mm-hmm. have a, a beef. We saw a couple of their pitchers implode. How do I know that Clayton Kershaw and Hugh Darvish, who was horrible in that series, that they didn't look human because the Astros knew what was coming? Oh, real quick. Did you see the splits? No. The home and away splits? Look at those. They're crazy. David Samson. No, not David Samson. When David Samson was on Levitard's uh, show, they did a local hour. Mike Ryan pointed this out where I don't know the numbers exactly. I should probably pull them so up. That, I'm, I'm just guessing the Astros numbers hitting at home are vastly different for them hitting on the road because obviously they cannot use the technology that they're using on the road. Oh, my God. It, it's, it's very different. Like, if I pull up just Jose Altuve. Mm, um, we'll get to him. <laughs> you know, like, I, I want to defend my guy. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I can on this one. No. And I only say my guy because, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm he's one of the only athletes in the world that I'm taller than. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, but, and I was gonna ask you about your short. Your short brother is not a uh, not looking so good out in these streets. See, I'm not gonna lie to you, and I should have said I should have been out in front of this, but I was looking at the home runs that he was hitting, and I'm like, yo, I mean, I I know he's a stronger dude than I am, but dogs like he's out here hitting like almost 30 home runs in a season or something like that, and I, I find that kind of hard to believe for someone who's five for five. That's just me. I mean, you know what I mean? Damn, like, damn you're not even giving any love to the short. The short. <laughs> I mean, can you live? I'm a journalist at the end of the day, and I have to hold people accountable. I'm also like an entertainer, but you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you got to hold people accountable. So Jose Altuve, back to the postseason splits. Um, let's, let's I'm, focus. Ve- I'm very intrigued by these numbers. Let's focus on 2019. Because right? I hadn't even thought about the splits in home and road because obviously the video coordinator is not uh, is in the home ballpark for the replay and everything, so they wouldn't have their guy on the road. So this guy's always at Minute Maid Park in Houston. Right, but that's where the sort of drop-off is. Now, I'm trying to f- – I want to find the exact numbers, but Mike Ryan was saying something on Levitar show basically. I don't know if it was Jose Altuve or the entire team – but obviously Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa, like these are their best hitters. Yeah. But they were saying like their average was something almost around four hundred at home, and on the road it was less than two, something mm. like this. So you're looking at like gaps that were now, a lot. To let people know this, you you it's not uncommon to see players hit higher at home. But what you're talking to me is about a hundred fifty point uh, gap. That is kind of crazy, and most good hitters split pretty well home and road. We're talking like the elite hitters. They go look at Mike Trout's numbers, okay? He hits better, um, I believe, you know, at the Angels Park, but he still uh, hits pretty well on the road. Uh, You look at any of the good hitters in baseball, they're split. You know, you always find a little bit more comfort at home, of course, but here we go. It's not the same. Okay, you got it. Yes. This is from 2017, so this is the year that they won that World Series. Um, (laughs) This is ridiculous. So... Carlos Correa splits. We'll start with him because he's the first one I see here. At home, 378 batting average, 421 on base percentage, 743 slugging percentage. So a slash line basically of 371, 421, and 743. Mm-hmm. On the road, 211, 231, 
three ninety five. Right? Wow. Uh OPS one point one six four at home, six twenty six on the road. Wow. <laughs> wow. Thir- that, was that Correa? Yes. Thirteen hits at home, eight on the road, not a huge difference there. Three home runs, ten RBIs, uh versus two home runs, four RBIs, and then getting to Jose Altuve. This was the dramatic one that I was talking about, so it was even more so than I was letting on. At home, batting average. Or I'll give you the whole slash. Batting average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage. 472, mm-hmm. 513, mm-hmm. 1,028, 1.028 mm-hmm. slugging. So his OPS was 1,541. Away, 143 batting average. Wow. 143 batting average. He was, he was not only struggling on the road, he was slumping the entire time he was away from Minute Maid Park. 268 on-base percentage, awful. Slugging 229. OPS was huh. 497. So his OPS at home was basically three times what he was doing on the road. More than three times, actually. 17 hits at home, five on the road, six home runs, 12 RBIs at home. Again, five foot six. I mean, come on. And one home run, two RBIs on the road. Like, that's dramatically different. Especially his, like, Carlos Correa's is, like, it's crazy. But it's not. It's the, the 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 gap isn't as crazy. It's not unbelievable. Because right, Jose Altuve looks real unbelievable. Yeah, you're talking about four seventy two at home, one forty three on the road. Like, put it this way: if I'm playing against somebody in a video game, and they're doing that against me, I'm turning off the game and I'm restarting because I'm like, yo, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, I will be so mad if everything I throw, if I'm killing you, at my home turf. Right. And then I go over there to Minute Maid Park, and you're lighting me up. I'm pissed. I'm pissed, and I'm not playing the game anymore. So <laughs> this maybe you you think the Astros are, have been in the last couple of years? You understand why they've been so motivated to have the best record in the league and have that home field advantage? But wait, there's more. Uh, <laughs> Brian McCann. This is a really good one too. Brian McCann. Uh, not exactly one of my favorite catchers ever. Batting average at home, and you understand why. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Batting average at home, 300. OP, uh, OPB on base percentage, 382. Slugging, 469. 467, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So the OPS was 849. On the road, where his batting average was 300 at home, on the road was 037. <laughs> wow. His OPS was 198 because Look, his slugging was did, also 37. Let's put that in perspective. Putting yeah. things into perspective is, look, Baseball, I think hitting a baseball is one of the hardest things you can do in sports. Okay? Yes. But if you know what's coming. That, that's why it makes a world of difference. It makes a huge difference. Yo. If you know what's coming and you can really know what's coming and you've studied these pictures, you've watched the film, it is a huge advantage. Yo, let me let me just add this. like, Not to be funny and not to take this off the rails, and people may think that this is a weird example, but yo, in the show you can guess pitches. And when right. you guess correctly, fastball, right. curveball, whatever, it sort of lights up on your screen, and you know it's no, coming. coming. It's kind of the same it thing. In, it's kind of the same thing in real life. Now it's a video game, but like if you, if to your point, if you guess, oh, I'm if you're sitting dead red, if you're sitting fastball, right, and you know it's coming, and you know he throws ninety two, and it's it's ninety two is on the way, like you're gonna hit the ball most likely. Most likely, you yep. know what I mean. But if they're giving you a breaking pitch and you're expecting a fastball, you're not. Right, and You're that's not why know. you see guys get frozen, and this is why these things happen. Yeah. Now, Brian said I'm a little upset about this. Here's why I'm upset about this. When the news came down 
uh, after this investigation. And we saw the names of Lunhow, general manager Astros, A.J. Hinch, manager, Alice Cora, Beltran, all named. There was an announcement that there was a penalty. And the Astros lost some picks. They were fined $5 million. And um, was, there anything, was there anything else that the MLB did? $5 million, the first and second round picks. I think that was it. I think that was it. Yeah. And so there was all these people like, oh, man, MLB really came down hard on them. And I was like, what? No, they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't at all. They didn't do it at all. First of all, this is, and I tweeted this. I didn't understand at the time. I'm doing this in order. I didn't understand at the time how those guys, could, the managers and general managers, who are responsible here, let's be clear. They're responsible. They're the ones in charge. The players should do better, too, but the managers, general managers are, are in charge and the owner. How? The general manager and the manager could still have their jobs. I immediately said that. Why I was disgusted with just $5 million in draft picks, I said, this is not going to deter anybody to stop cheating. Right. How do we know this? We've seen this already. We saw this in football. Especially in baseball. The draft picks are worth it to For, give up. Right. We've seen this in football. The Patriots lost their draft picks from Deflategate, from Spygate. They were spying again this year with some suspect video guy on the sideline. One day we're going to talk about how they basically cheated their way to all those championships. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that would be great 30 for 30. Because, um, look, so like, yo, we've caught them enough times where it's like, yo, all right, come but on. But they don't care. And, and, and Bill Belichick is lauded as being ahead of the curve and smarter than everybody. Oh, he's ahead of the curve. But this Cheating. is but this, exactly. This is what you say about people who routinely do this kind of stuff. We're not going to get into no, it. No, but my point like in bringing that. up the Pats and, and the Astros and any and the Red Sox or any other teams, there's no incentive for them to stop cheating because the penalties aren't harsh enough. I'm sorry, $5 million to most of these owners, yeah. eh, a couple draft picks, you make a great point, especially in baseball, eh, it didn't stop the Pats from doing it again. They're just being all reckless with the video. They don't care. And <laughs> right. I didn't think this was going to stop anybody from doing it again. And I said, how do these dudes – cheated their job could you imagine if i cheated in my job if i plagiarized you think i'd still be working oh my god like that that's no yeah right so after that i think there were other people like me on twitter who had this similar outrage about an hour after that then it's announced that the owner of the astros then fires uh aj hinch and lunhow i don't think it should have been on the teams this is what i was upset about to fire the general manager and the manager baseball should have came down hard and said, no, there's no place for this in our game. You do this in our game. Now, I don't think they should have been banned for life or anything. Mm -hmm. But you ban them a year, two years probably to be out the game. I think two years would have been sufficient for all these managers to be out the game. Mm. I do. I do think it's you, okay. you can't. You, they were in leadership positions. You have to be leaders, and you have to be held accountable. And I think they. And I think also there'd be a line for both of them on their way back in those two years. I will get to that in a second. <laughs> That's part of my annoyance. I'll get to that in a second. They, they had to do this. So then all this, all this stuff came around. It was like, oh man, Alex Cora is going to be next. He's going to hit a punishment. Alex Cora and the Red Sox did probably what was best. They knew what was coming. They got ahead of it, and they agreed to part ways, which really means Alex Cora got fired. Then right. came Beltran and the Mets, and they agreed to part ways, which really means Beltran also got fired, right? Not a, not another a couple weeks for Puerto Rico. Another issue I have with the one year, this yeah. is why. You said there will be a line for these guys to get back oh, when, they, sure. when they do it. For sure. sure. A.J. Hinch has won a World Series. Al Scorer has won a World Series. Yeah. Carlos Beltran has won as a player. He's a good good person. Uh, one of the Lund ten best center Lund Lund Howe had some good drafting 
and with his team, Altuve, Correa, go down the list, some good trades he's made too. Another organization lauded as being the smart organization. Yeah, but they had the some, curve. they've had a lot of problems recently. Their assistant general manager and with the sexual patient. harassment scandal. Right, which this, is getting swallowed up in all this yes, too. Yes, it is. So maybe there's a problem with the Astros that we should look at instead of just looking at, uh, you know, making excuses for these white dudes behaving bad. <laughs> um, here's my issue with this. I do not think, I think there'll be, I think, People will come back to hire these guys, Hinch, Lundhow, very quickly. I don't think – I'm not so sure Correa – excuse me, Correa. Beltran and Cora will be afforded the same opportunities. Yes. I think that race plays a factor in that. I don't think that – I think Hinch – and I guarantee you, maybe not 2021, but maybe definitely 2022, somebody's going to be talking to these guys. Oh, the architect this, and this will be all be forgotten. Right. Meanwhile, it'll be interesting because the culture you brought up steroids. We talked about this before we came on on uh, recording. It was probably the biggest scandal since then. We act like we act like we can't let some of these guys from the steroid era who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame like Barry Bonds. We act like we can't let them back in the game. Right. Because of that. And it's ridiculous. Right. Now, here's my other problem. Oh, this is one thing I also wanted to add Mm. that I don't like about the punishment. The titles have to be vacated. They absolutely have to be vacated. Mm. I'm not. Here's the thing. You still, I don't. I don't disagree with that. By the you way, you still mention that they happened. They still go in the Hall of Fame, but you put an asterisk, just like you should do with the steroid dudes. I've been saying this for a long time. You have to tell the history. You can't just erase history like it didn't happen. But the fans don't get to see a banner. They don't get to go in that stadium mm. and be proud of that 2017 championship. I would say this if this was my Mets. You don't get to do that. You don't get to hang that up and revel in all that when you cheated the game. How do you think the Dodgers feel about all this? Probably pretty salty. And they got cheated out twice. They got cheated out twice. How do you think they feel about this? And baseball, you know how we know baseball's got a bigger problem with this? Major League Baseball, why are you silencing the teams that they can't speak out on this? Because you know there's more teams that probably were doing this? Probably. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Shout out to the fake Twitter account that might be Carlos Beltran's niece, but according to our friend Marley Rivera, she talked to the Beltran family. He says that Twitter account is not Carlos Beltran's niece. However, this Twitter account claiming to be Carlos Beltran's niece has reported a couple things correctly. Mm. She reported four days. She, I'm saying he, we don't know who the person is. Somebody, somebody else has come out and said that it's a player, anonymous player, who's running the account, which I still love this anyway. This is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's messy. You great. know I'm all for that. I'm all for this. Yeah. So, Carlos Beltran's niece or not Carlos Beltran's niece, whoever's running that Twitter account, I believe you. I'll get into this why. <laughs> I believe you. Four days, four days before Carlos Beltran was to be announced manager of the Mets, this person, whoever's running this account, tweeted that would happen. They were correct. One day before Carlos Beltran was supposed to step down as manager of the Mets, this person also tweeted, and they were correct. First person to report it ahead of everybody else. This person has now come out and named that there are other teams involved in this, named players on the Yankees, talked about the buzzers that some people had taped inside their jerseys, including Jose Altuve, and we'll get to him in a second. And it looks like a bunch of others around It looks around like a the bunch league. of others if around the league have done it. videos that have circulated what was Twitter. What was reportedly being done is they were getting the signals from the video coordinator and being buzzed as to what the pitches were. So now you didn't have this banging on the garbage cans. 
Maybe it's one buzz if it's fastball, two buzz if it's curveball, whatever. You're getting these things, and this is giving an instant because get, your body is getting an instant reaction to it too. Not only do you not have to listen from the dugout, you can like feel it. So you know, and your body can really react to it, and that enhances muscle memory. So you know, one buzz, I got to sit and wait on this. Two buzz, I gotta, whatever. This account's been right before. Why do I not believe that they are going to be right about this again too? I'm sorry. Like, nobody else had this. Some people may not like the whistleblowing. I'm also not a fool. I do not think that Major League Baseball wanted other teams to come out in this. They wanted to isolate this, control this, and they damn sure didn't want players to be named in this because it makes it even more damning. And, now, that, and, and that players' union is very strong. N- yes. Yeah. Can we talk about your boy, Jose Altuve? Mm-hmm. Who, who I've met and spoke to before. Jose Altuve. <laughs> Did he strike you as the kind of dude? <laughs> no, I'm not. Actually, I was a fan of him. I don't like this cheating stuff. I still think dude's talented. I don't like this cheating stuff. Although still splits are damning. <laughs> this guy, what what year was that when he hit the home run to go to the World Series? Was that 2018? 2018-17. Yeah, remember. one of the years he hits a home run. Walk-off home run to go to the World Series. The Astros had this thing where they oh, ripped yeah. off the player's jersey. And if you go find this video, you can Google it. Easy to find. Yeah. He is rounding you third base. You can put base, it right here in the video version of this. Third thing. base to come around to home plate. And you see him hold his jersey, and he's telling the dudes at home plate, ready to mob him, don't pull the jersey off. And he yeah. kind of points inside, like, don't do it, don't yeah. pull it off. He said runs, it in Spanish, he said camisa. So. Runs into the tunnel to change into a shirt. Who does that after hitting a game-winning home run? <laughs> Who doesn't enjoy it with their teammates? I was I, Suspect. I, I honestly was disappointed that he denied it. <laughs> he, oh, and then, we, then what did he do when he's asked? I don't remember. I don't know if it was Ken Rosenthal, whoever interviewed him after the game. Oh, you didn't want your, your your teammates to take the jersey off. Why? He said his wife. He First, he acted like he couldn't hear the question. He's like, what? He, he He's like, oh, yeah. what did you say? He didn't hear the question, <laughs> which is... We all know is, for we all we've all lied before. We've lied before. You know what I mean? Like you lied before and said what? What? So you can get a little bit of extra time to think about how exactly you yeah. execute this lie. I right, come on, I've done this before. I haven't done it in years because I don't lie anymore. Yeah. But like, yeah. You haven't lied about your height? No. Okay. I, on my ID, it says five foot seven. <laughs> He's lying, folks. He's about five five. <laughs> no, no, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm messing. Five. But, my NBA height is five nine. Oh, Jesus with sneakers. Christ. Five five eight in college, five nine in the NBA. Whatever. When I create myself a video, okay. You short, you short, you short people. Speaking, of, this is, uh, speaking of short, speaking back, of short to back, back to Altuve. I have another short thing to bring up to you at some other point. Um, <laughs> no, it's something I thought about the other day. Um, so Altuve saying that, and then he blames it on he got in trouble with his wife for being shirtless. Really? I'm not buying that. Yeah, yeah. I, I stop it. I was disappointed that re- like recently. Wasn't it recently that he just came out and denied it? And I'm like, bro, just say nothing. Just show up to spring training, and what it's gonna happen? It's gonna happen. Um, I don't. Do you think? I, I don't want to like steer you off of the direction you're going into because I know you have more on this. But do you think no, the players should have got suspended? Yes. Correa, if, Altuve. 50, oh yeah. Fifty, a hundred a season. Like, what are we talking about? Season. Yeah. You. you this. I don't to, disagree. This but, has to be serious, man. Like this. Ha- you can't. You can't mess with the integrity. Treated of the game. like steroids, essentially. Yes, and they did the stuff with steroids too. They had these slap on the wrist offenses and all this stuff first, and it's gotten better the where the game is right now. But this is something where 
you're messing with people's money, man. And that's, the thing is, that's that, my thing here. And if you don't suspend them for the season, what you're allowing is for them to come back and impact the latter half of the right. season, which actually matters. And if Astro, if the Astros are 500, which aren't they a pretty good team? They're supposed to be better than that. But uh, if they're like 500 by the All Star break or whatever, and then all of a sudden Altuve is back, Correa is back, and whatever. And now you're talking although, about although maybe they come back and they don't hit the way they used to at home, and then that's even more damning. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe Correa. I think is good, but you know what I would do though. If if they if I was saying hmm, I'll pick a team from the division, let's say the A's, and they came into my stadium, I'll bring I'm bringing trash cans to the stadium or whatever. I'm banging on them, like I'm uh, not banging on them, but like when they're when they're playing. Wait, if you're a fan, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I if do I'm that. a fan of the A's, oh, yeah. I'm bringing trash cans to the stadium. Yo, We're all like yo, hitting them you, you every know, pitch. You know, you're not the you know you're not the only person to say that. Well, you, you are now giving more people ideas. And I think you will see some trash cans of people banging things all around the league. Yo, Oakland, the Astros, Bay Area. <laughs> now, then you have MLB. Bay Los Angeles. MLB is gonna ban trash cans from being brought in the parks. There's other <laughs> way. There's other ways to get around it. You can bring a lot of stuff and knock it, and and you'll, you'll find it. Look, I'm gonna wrap this up by saying yes. Managers are responsible. Players are responsible. I think the MLB now has they've come out and said they haven't found any players responsible. I did find this interesting, and I wanted to say. There was a survey done. I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember who uh, did did the survey. Um, it was a nationwide survey that included 1,010 adults, 810 MLB fans nationwide. This was Thursday and Friday. This was on behalf of ESPN. Right. 58 percent of adults responded that Astro players should have been should have been penalized by MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred, according to the survey. In addition, the vast majority, 72 percent of adults and 76 percent of MLB fans said they would support MLB taking additional steps to punish players who were involved in sign stealing. According to the survey, MLB fans are paying a lot of attention to the scandal, which this is the most attention I played to baseball in the offseason in a little while. I'll say that. <laughs> Uh, with 60- well, for me, since last year, because the Mets made that big deal, it didn't end up working out this year. Fair enough. <laughs> with 61% of the games fan polled saying they're closely following the events involving the Astros and Red Sox, one-third of MLB fans said they might watch those two teams less. Oh, I don't believe that. Whatever. Y'all still watch. I that. think the ratings are going to go up. What do you mean? <laughs> Though most <laughs> Americans say the doping steroid scandal was worse than the current science dealing scandal. Um, I-, I would agree with that. I think both affect the integrity of the game. Uh, 86% view the situation serious. I do. 57% saying it's very serious. I, I, I'm in the serious. I'm not in the very serious range. I'm in the serious, but you got to take serious action. Very serious? Uh, no, I think I was more concerned with steroids because that also affected health. This affects the opposition and money is the point I want to make, too. Yes. Stats are everything for money. Although so steroids affect money, too. It did, too. Yeah. It did, too. And when you're affecting people, well, it also affects the confidence of people like you, Darvish, who's thinking he got smacked and he didn't really pitch well, and he may not have, but it also might have been a huge advantage that dudes knew what was coming. And on a grander scale, uh, Clayton Kershaw, one of the other pitchers affected by this, we sort of look at his postseason legacy, and we talked about it with Nick Pollock when he was up here. We look at his postseason legacy, and we pretty much discount, like, oh, you know, yeah. we need to, we need him to do it in the playoffs. And maybe he could have if this not had happened and the last couple of years. And I still think there's more teams doing this. I think baseball doesn't want it to come out. That's the thing. That's uh, the thing with me. I think more— I think more people are doing this. The baseball is obviously trying to not let this come out. Got some numbers to, for people to back us up. 60% of adults and MLB fans say that the scandals make no difference in their likelihood to watch MLB games, which I thought people are still going to watch. People don't care. They want um, their escape from, you know, whatever. Around a third of fans <laughs> say they're less likely to watch the Astros or Red Sox. Really, if the Mets are playing the Astros or the Red Sox, I'm going to be like, nah, I'm not going to watch this game because the Astros or Red Sox are in it. 
No. I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't, I, some of these people, I don't believe you. Sometimes when people make stuff like that, you're, it's serious, but it I, I want to know who they're asking to. Yeah, like, true. yeah, come on. Roughly three in four Americans, 74% and MLB fans believe most teams were using technology to steal signs, but it's just the Astros and Red Sox who got caught. I would probably agree with that. Yeah. Like, I would probably agree with that. I think there's more teams. A lot of teams don't want to come out, and I think that's why MLB also told these other teams to shut their mouth because they probably was like, yo, we got more information. You don't want to implicate it too because you know what's going to do. If more. Imagine, let's say a third of the teams in, in baseball were doing it. It's probably not unreasonable to say that was probably happening. You know what that – if a third of the teams came out was doing it, ooh, that changes everything. Now, see, that's what takes it for me from serious to very serious. Mm. Because now, you know why the MLB doesn't want to come out? Because then I think most other people would feel like me where it goes from serious to very serious. And that would affect their money. I think a lot of this is just going on because as we touched on it at the very beginning of this and to bring it full circle was like, yo, the analytics of this, the analytics of the way people are approaching sports in general, more and more people bringing people outside of their sports. Like you're seeing less basketball people around basketball. You're seeing less baseball people around baseball. And you're seeing more numbers, guys. And what they're brought there to do is get a competitive edge over their opposition, legal or illegal, whatever, immoral, moral, whatever. They're going to do that, right? So if this is part of their role, what leads me to believe that the Astros are the only ones doing this? Agreed. I, I think, think I think there's going to be more people doing this. And I know people may say that, oh, that's reckless to say, but yo, use your fucking mind. I like, don't think it's <laughs> reckless to say because what because what we know is what we know is people as you said, analytics driven, people looking for advantage. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it always comes back to money, man. When it comes to money, people are always going to try to protect the dollars and MLB is going to try to do that. Protect your dollars, protect your image, and that's what it's going to be. You know we like to hook our listeners up from time to time, and we have a hookup for you today. So for the listeners of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can check out one of my favorite sports books, $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by William C. Roden. That's available on audible.com with hundreds of thousands of other books that you can listen to today. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash A-H-T-T for your free audiobook. Talking about image of people, images are a lot different for different people at different times. Some people want to cover athletes a certain way. This is something Brian and I are probably going to talk a lot about this year that we're about sick of. I'm, it's sick, about to, I'm it's, sick of a lot of shit. It, it's, it's about time we stop this stuff where we're covering athletes one way, but we're covering other athletes another way. And it seems like a lot of the difference in that, again, it comes back to it seems to be race. Now, earlier this month, not too long ago, this is a little over a week ago now, uh... Julian Edelman mm. was arrested, right? Julian Edelman. Uh, you may be hearing this for the first time, by the way. Maybe. <laughs> arrested and cited for vandalism in Beverly Hills. Vandalism. He, he, he went on top of the hood of a car. I think a Mercedes Benz, if I'm not mistaken, at 9 p.m. on an evening. That gets black people shot. It's the same situation. If he did that, if they're lucky, if they're lucky, <laughs> yeah, and killed. Like, I mean, this this is according to a, this was in front of a, a police spokeswoman, uh, jumped on a hood of a car, causing damage. Uh, there has not been a lot <laughs> about this case 
all we know that he's really expected. anything, especially someone with the history. Not case, I should say, but. especially with the history of somebody who, after a Super Bowl win, was famously like uh, recorded, not recorded, but there was a photo that surfaced of him sleeping with another woman, and people just thought it was, oh, you know, that's good for him. He's doing his thing. He's celebrating a championship. And in 2011, he had the whole groping thing that he got arrested and actually had a mugshot for. Now they let him off in that case. I don't know what the particulars of that were, mm-hmm. but. People wouldn't care if there were certain other people, you know, that had this incident come up, you know, where he vandalized the hood of a car. It's just looked at. They would bring a, up that history, even though he quote unquote got off. Nobody, I have yet to see an article <clears throat> where somebody brought up that history. Um, I saw one on NBC. I you think cited for vandalism, released on a citation. Damn, I can't imagine. Like, I can't imagine. Like, I'm really gonna say this is just this is the reality for most minorities in this country. I can't imagine doing what he did, being caught by the police and being let off on a citation that easily. What if don't I can't it, like I can't fathom that ending that way for me. Like I'm I not can't. I'm not even going to throw out a popular name for you, right? What if this was Michael Thomas? Like in, like that's not an extremely popular like he's just getting into the limelight. Okay, here's let me tell you how this would go if this was Michael Thomas. Hollywood Thomas could, Hollywood Brown, Michael Jarvis Tom- Landry. <laughs> Michael Thomas could do that's a Hollywood Brown in Beverly Hills. That's funny. My, Michael Thomas <laughs> could do the same thing, and there would be more digging into what was in his system. Was he under influence of any drugs? Was he drinking? Well, that was reported with Julian Edelman, yeah, that, his, that he was drinking. Okay. Initially. Which uh, we know because right. we, we've, see, we've seen him in public just sort of wild out. But everyone's just like, oh, you know, barstool. You know what I mean? Like he's that kind of dude. It's what it's it's it's. The- There's a whole. Think about it. <laughs> think about it. There is a whole website in barstool dedicated to this kind of stuff where it's cool to do. Imagine, imagine There's if frat boys being. Frat is there boy a black? Is there a black boy. version of barstool? No, because we can't do that stuff. If there was, what? How would it be received? Uh, as ignorant. what would it be called? Like. I don't even know. It would be, it would be, maybe I'll call it "How to Have Bad Things Happen to You by the Police After Doing Questionable Behavior." Sounds like a long title, but that's exactly <laughs> what it would be. Because it wouldn't end the same way, even if you did it. You none of it. Would be you happy. wouldn't even be able to get that website off. Yo, the there was a, literally last year. I think it was last year, a couple years ago. Somebody sent me a video. Yeah. This is this is kind of the point I'm going to. There was a white dude who was in L.A. and he was in a high speed chase, and he was being chased by the cops. And they, they got him, they cornered him, he got out of his car, and he was like shirtless, just had like boxes on or something, and was dancing in the middle of the street with all the cops circling around him. And I was like, yo, how did he not get shot? If this was it's, it's like, if this was a black or brown dude, it's not ending that way. The instant he jumped out of the car, bit, you could find you could you find can't vid- run. You could find videos of them not jumping out of the car. The gun is already right. pointed at them right. at the minimum. And, and, At the minimum. Then so, they get out. Then they get put on the ground. They get hit a few times. Maybe they get taken to jail. Maybe, or maybe they're just lucky, unconscious. If you're lucky. But like, that, that's not the fear for most of us. Like we've seen, it's not, this is not hyperbole. Like We've seen this happen. happen. Right. This is not, for right. years. years. Julian, this happens with Julian Edelman. Uh, I don't hear anybody talking about anything you, about if Julian. It was Jer- if it was Jerome Edelman, what would happen? Nobody's questioning his character. Nobody. Even though, even though he's had questionable things. By the way, before. this is someone who needs... Uh, off-season surgery, I believe, for his shoulder and I think his neck. Like, none of this is registering with people at all. But Odell Beckham, 
Yes. <laughs> but Odell Beckham does what he did at the national championship game, and everyone's losing their goddamn minds. Yep. For three straight days. Odell Beckham was giving out cash to some players at LSU. Which is stupid, by the way. It was stupid, but I kind of liked Yeah, me giving, too. <laughs> kind of liked him giving the figure to the It NCAA. was stupid, but, like, I'm here for it. Like, Odell, Odell, and this is from me, me talking to some people who know him, Odell has always struck me as a person that just doesn't know how to, like, chill in the limelight or enjoys the attention of it and gets caught up in the moment. And then I didn't fully see, Brian, the thing with him smacking the security guard's butt, and that became a thing. It's a video in, like, in the locker room or whatever, and he's trying to tell uh, the security guards telling uh, the players to stop, like, you know, smoking or whatever it is, and they have, you know, Joe Brower has a cigar and stuff like that. And, yeah, Odell sort of just tapped him on the behind. Why is that such a big deal? Odell, but I've heard, I've seen people talk about Odell's character and what he's doing and blah, blah, blah. No matter how you feel about Odell. This is actually the quote unquote most criminal thing he's done. Done. Right. (laughs) All this stuff with Odell. Why is nobody talking about this with Julian Edelman? It hasn't gotten nearly the same as attention. Julian Edelman is way more reckless in real life. True story. Like, but you know, here, here. Let, let's flip it to the other side. Let's let's talk about what the people who are going to defend this that feel uncomfortable with what we're saying are going to say. Oh well, Odell Beckham is a was a higher pick and a much more higher profile player. Like, mm. yeah, but Julian Edelman's a champion, and the way people sort of mm, uphold how he, how he should carry himself, right? Right, and the way people uphold champions to this standard. We have Boomer Esiason saying at the end of what was it, twenty eighteen or nineteen, saying that he's a Hall of Famer. And you and I did a He's whole. Not. We and I, you and I did a whole thing about that, where you said if he was black, he'd basically be Jericho Cotri. And numbers wise, you know that's not untrue. Um, what are we talking about here? You know what I mean? Like, there's the, obviously Odell Beckham is not is being held to a higher standard than Julian Edelman. Why? Because he's a better player. Because mm-hmm. he's not a white dude. Like, what are we really talking about here? Yeah. Yeah, why why is he not being criticized for that? Why why is this not happening? I do feel like it's really annoying in how things get covered and certain people get looked at as being the people that, hey, they're problematic, but this person isn't problematic. Or we label them as a champion because they fit into this realm. And it's like, no, man, like this enough is enough. Like Julian Edelman doesn't get a pass for crappy behavior. He doesn't do that. Like you want to talk about people conducting themselves as professionals? It should go for Odell. It should go for Julian Edelman. But the conversation hasn't been a lot about Julian Edelman. And don't give me this this stuff about he's not as high as a profile. He's a Super Bowl champion. Some of you guys have lauded him. You said he should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, <laughs> act like a damn Hall of Famer jumping on a car yeah. and being drunk. And all you get is a citation? Yeah. If I was drunk tomorrow and jumped on a car, let me tell you something. I'm not getting just a citation. And I got a lot more to worry about than a citation. Yeah. And AccuWeather is also going to be like, Bye. get out of here. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. But Julian Edelman is going to just show up to training camps and be like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. Not, like, it's not okay. And, and the thing that bugs me out is that people are not – he will be asked more – I mean, Odell Beckham will be asked more about his sort of deal than Julian Edelman will when we go back to training camp. And that's the shit that's that we're going to be fighting about all year long. I'm too young to be a curmudgeon. But like, but it's you've always been. It's coming, like it's coming. <laughs> oh, it's here. <laughs> yeah, I'm like yo, we 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 gotta expose certain things. We, like we 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 got to. Yeah. So just the the, tr- the coverage of different athletes is just is absolutely d- disappointing at that. Now let's have some fun. Yeah. Before we get out of here, let's have uh, some fun. Third round of NBA All Star voting and our in. final picks and our final picks. 
And I would like for the note that there have been a lot more voting uh, people voting still like 11-year-old Bryans in this as Taco Fall is sixth in front cover voting still um, and Alex Caruso is now up to fourth in guard voting. Uh, you guys voting like 11-year-old Brian. Stop it. Please. <laughs> Please stop. Please stop. Um, I mean, a lot of stuff is pretty much the same. I don't have too much to say. I'm going to run through my picks really quickly. Uh, who I have, and basically, uh, Brian and I really have the same picks. We don't really differ in any way on this um, at all. I will say, I do have one switch I might make in the Western Conference. I'll run through mine. Um, Backcourt and Eastside: Kemba, Trey Young, Jalen Brown, Kyle Lowry, uh, Bradley Beal, Spencer Dinwiddie. Malcolm Brogdon. That's who you had for that. Is that no, no, who, no, no, no. That's who you had for. Um. So I. So this is. I'm because I'm going to show you because these are my final cuts, right? I already know who I want. So this is not a scenario where I'm like thinking about it last minute. But for backcourt, I, I right, have a switch. I might make in the West. But go ahead. So for backcourt, Kemba Walker is a starter to me. <sighs> Trey Young, I guess is a starter. It's Trey Young. I don't understand how this is debatable. For I, I, I get. Like he's an all star, but a starter. That's fine if you want to tell me he's not a starter. I'm fine with that. Okay, okay. fine. He's not a starter. Fine. How about that? Whatever. <laughs> not I, a starter. I, I don't really care, but okay. <laughs> uh, Kemba Walker and Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry's my other starter, right? So I have five definites each side, backcourt, frontcourt. And here's where we're going to get to the final, the, the ending, right? So Kemba Walker um, is a lock. Kyle Lowry's a lock. Those are my starters. Jalen Brown is an all-star to me. Trey Young is an all-star to me. Bradley Beal is an all-star to me. That's five. The last spot, if there is one, we'll get to that in a bit, is between two others. Front court, Giannis is in. He's a starter. Joel Embiid is a starter. Jimmy Butler is a starter. Pascal, Bam Adebayo, DeMontis Sabonis. Six locks. Now I have one more spot, right? It can go to one of four people. Who do you think I'm going with? There is Spencer Dinwiddie. Who would you go with and who do you think I'm going with? Spencer Dinwiddie, Malcolm Brogdon, Nikola Vucevic, Andre Drummond. Because because all our picks are the same un, until that, and I do up down to this last spot too. And this is the is it one of those four? It is one. Oh, of those I did it for both of us. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, I have to pick of those four. Yes. Right now, as of today, I'm giving that spot to Malcolm Brogdon. Really? Yes. I'm giving it to Vucevic. Yeah. I'm giving it to Nicola because I don't think Orlando is getting enough uh, sort of respect of what they're doing. And Nicola's balling out like his numbers are his numbers are better than Spencer Dinwiddie's. He was my other option. I had Spencer Dinwiddie there last time we did this. That recently changed because it's sort of been a little more inefficient lately. And look, Jonathan Isaac is gone and Orlando's they just beat the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, I know, think like, that's a I, I actually would. I don't have Drummond in here, even though he's having fantastic. I wanted to. Ball. I really wanted but to. But I think I think Dinwiddie's <laughs> tailed off a little bit. Um, but Brogdon to me has been the steadiest all season. That's why I I'm agree. going with Brogdon. I do see your point for Vucevic. I'm fine with that. But I think I'd put another guard and I go with Brogdon. I really liked him. I still think the Bucks should never have let him and go. And to to reiterate, the starters for me. And you got to give us your five starters. I have Kemba, Kyle Lowry, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, who I think could be a top five MVP candidate. My starters would be Kemba, Trey Young. Yeah, I'm starting Trey Young. Giannis, Embiid, Butler. Those are my starters. Um, all right, to the West. 
to the West. Which I think is a lot easier in terms of locks for starters. My starters are Doncic, Harden, LeBron, AD, and um, Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Even though he's, I know it's questionable him playing, but I'm going to put him in there. You could tell me Jokic, he's come on strong. I'm have, fine with that. I have the, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Jesus Christ. I have the same starting five, but I'm leading. I'm, Jokic, I almost put him over Kawhi. I could, I could under, but that's debatable, and I'm fine. If you've wanted to flip that. that. I'm totally fine with that. Totally fine with that. Are you okay? I just got to clear my throat a little bit, you know what I'm Let saying? Let me clear my throat. You probably don't even know Jesus that song. Jesus Christ. Um, um, Dame Lillard, he's in. Backup guard off the bench. Yep. So we got Luka Doncic, James Harden as the backcourt starting guards. Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell. Chris Paul is an all-star to me. It's between him and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think it's Chris Paul's uh, because of how impactful he's been. But Shea Gilgis is like if you want to put him in over Chris Paul, I'm not fighting you. If you want to put them both in, I might I not fight you. Chris Paul is there for me. I got him in. Devin Booker. I at the last time we spoke, I had him. He, I, I am leaning towards putting, a, a, taking a spot away from the guard and giving it to Brandon Ingram. But I could also replace somebody heading the forward. I might take him out now too. I'll get to that in a second. I'm gonna leave that at undecided for me for now, and here's why. Yeah. Because we go to front court. LeBron's a lock. AD's a lock. Those are starters. As we mentioned, Kawhi Leonard, Jokic. Nikola Jokic, Brandon Ingram is in for me. His numbers are too good. Lately, he's hit, he's pushed in. I I think I have him in now, and I think that either maybe puts Booker out, or there's a guy we had in here before that's not on the list. We had Cat on here. Cat mm. just came back. I don't know if he, his numbers are really good in the time he wasn't there, but I think it just depends on whether you're going to have more forwards and more guards in this. Um, I think Ingram's done enough now to be in. I really do. He had a f- almost 50-point, 50 50-piece 50 of the night with eight rebounds and nine assists. He was fantastic. I watched that entire game. Um, if you want to put Townsend, I'm not going to kill you. Here's why. Paul George has played 26 games this year. Townsend's played 24. I think they're and both- if Paul George is an all-star, I think you have a strong case for Carl Anthony Townsend. I think I'm leaning to putting going seven big men and going Ingram Towns, and I'm taking Booker out. Phoenix is faded. I wanted Booker to get in. Same. But I don't. Well, think I didn't so. want him to get in. But you know. I kind of would want to see him. I wasn't. I was rooting for him. I, I think. Yeah, I'm now going with. Uh, I think I'm going Ingram and Towns. Seven front court players, five back court players: Doncic, Harden, Lillard, Mitchell, Chris Paul. Um, that's yeah. That's where I stand. I think my five. Ingram's done enough in the last two weeks since we last did this for me to say. Yeah, I think he's in. I was trying to see if I could make a Demar Derozan case because no. the Spurs are right there. I even flirted with a John Morant case. There's a case for John Morant. I, I think he deserves to be in a conversation, but he I wouldn't put him in. I flirted Yo, with man. a John Morant case. Yo, let me tell you something. That rookie of the year is locked. It's, it's over. over. It's and over. I was watching last night them play the Cavs. Granted, they're the Cavs. John, doesn't matter. John, Morant, <laughs> John Morant right now is so good, and I can't keep being mad that the Knicks couldn't at least get the number two pick because he's so good. I mean, RJ. I know. liked him. John Morant, though. No, I know. Not right now. John Morant just has a good feel for the game. I saw that in college. I worry about. I did like him. I I did like him coming out. I worry about the sort of crash and burn, high intensity. We'll see. Athleticism. People. I I did say this to seeking out of college. It's funny. People compare Dennis Smith Jr. more to Westbrook than I thought they gave him the the credit for. But I thought he was a evolved version of Westbrook in terms of he shoots better. He's he's Russell Westbrook with self awareness. (laughs) That's pretty good. He shoots better. (laughs) 
Um, he's got that high motor, and he's pro- He's a much better passer than I expected. He's really good. Yeah. So um, we have our all-stars. We have our all-stars. So that's it. Let us know what you think, what your all-stars are. One time for your mind, one time. One time for your mind, one time. All right, one time for your mind. Bring it back, Vine. What you got for us this week? <laughs> he's got coughing. Presumpt- presumptively, if I don't die here. Um, Kevin Hart's documentary. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. You haven't seen this yet? Nope. Um, I think Kyrie Irving needs to watch it. (laughs) Why would that be? (laughs) I think Kyrie Irving needs to watch it because uh, it's called Don't Fuck This Up. And Kyrie Irving's kind of fucking it up right now. (laughs) So Kevin Hart, I'm I'm not super intrigued by Kevin Hart today in the way that I was early last decade. Mm-hmm. But I respect most of all his work ethic. I do think that the sort of quote unquote crimes that he's committed, you know what I mean? Like, it, I think I think he's get he's gotten a lot of shit for it. Um, and he talks about it there, just sort of dealing with the immoral stuff, obviously with his wife. And then the old uh, homophobic tweets that the Oscars called him out for and wanted him to apologize, and he didn't kowtow to that. And he really opens up about the whole thing. Like, it really it really looks into, without giving too much away, basically there's cameras around him all the time at every moment, every meeting that's going on or whatever, because I guess he wanted to really, like, do this. It's six parts, 20 to 30 minutes each. It's good. I watched the whole thing um, in a couple of sittings, and it was pretty good. I liked it way more than I thought I would, and I had a few takeaways from it. One of them being that oh, I could work harder than I even do now. I definitely could, um, and I respect them for that. Two, yeah, um, Kyrie Irving should probably watch this because the way that he's sort of handling things, ultimately like Kevin Hart, with the Oscar stuff in particular, where he was basically being lambasted for all the things about just the homophobia and he basically didn't want to apologize and put out multiple videos and his publicist, you see the conversations with him and they're pretty intense in the documentary talking about how he sort of mishandled the situation, but he wasn't ultimately wrong. I guess his intention and what he was saying, but the way you handle certain things matters too, right? People are going to listen with their ears and eat with their eyes. So appearance matters. And when it comes to Kyrie Irving, I think that the way he sort of handled things recently is he wrong in what he's saying? I don't know. I'm not at liberty to really say whether he's right or wrong. Only he knows that. The organization kind of knows that. I don't think we know it to that level that he does. But we can agree that he can handle things a lot better than what he's doing right now. And this we is can. sort of the knock that he that this is sort of the knock that I've had on him, other people have had on him, just sort of how he handles things, how he is, the leadership, quote unquote. I think he could learn a lot from sort of watching this documentary. I'm saying that kind of jokingly, but I do encourage people to watch it, though. The Kevin Hart documentary is good. It's something I may go back and watch. And a couple of his stand-ups that they highlight there, I'm probably going to go back and watch. Because now, you know, as you go older, more things come out and you see things differently. And I kind of want to see. Yeah, and I want to see. Because his 2011 stand-up in particular, I think that was the Laugh at My Pain one. That that one was very good, but it got played out so quickly because everyone kept quoting the all right, all right, all right, and all the stuff he was saying. And that gets lost in context of like, okay, now that I have this from 2019, 2020, let me go back and watch that from 2011 with sort of a different, more um, developed perspective. Okay, I might have to check, might have to check that out. Uh, one time for you. And watch my- it with Marguerite. 
I'll, I'll have to do that. One time for your mind. Um, this is interesting because I make you think about how are you sleeping? You know, have you ever wanted anything to help you sleep? Do you take anything to help you sleep? Some people do. Some people do sleeping pills. Some so people do different this things. This is something I think a lot about. I'll, I get mad at myself when I let myself go to bed at like 1 a.m. Like I try to go to, I try not to go to bed that late because if I could sleep every night from 12, 1230 to like 8 a.m., if I can get seven and a half, eight hours, that'd be, that'd be good. I'm good with that idea. about now. But up to 70 million Americans suffer from chronic insomnia, which I did not know. So now I found this out, uh, you know, I read a lot of tech news and there's this French startup, uh, health tech startup that is, has this thing that's the Yurgonite Euro, headband. It's a headband you put on. It helps people fall asleep 40% faster it's going to be released later this year, um, and how it works is it's a Eurogonite's a padded headband. It measures your EEG via an app and uses games and text to control how the brain waves that impact sleep. And so apparently, you like look at this; it's, it's hooked up to your phone. You you connect it. You play these games, and supposedly when you go to sleep, um, it also helps track your sleep patterns and all this other stuff, and it makes it easier for you at this time now. I don't know how exactly they came up with the number of 40% because that was the thing that was to me. It's like, okay, how how am I supposed to know that this is going to make me sleep 40% easier right. right, or faster? Like, I don't know. Right. But I found it interesting. People are always looking for stuff to sleep. So if you're looking for something to help you sleep in 2020, uh, you can look out for this. This year, go night. You going to buy it? I should. <laughs> <laughs> Are you one of the 70 million Americans that suffer from insomnia? See, here's the thing. I don't think we know ourselves that well because I think that when you ask certain people these things, they'll be inclined to say no. They'll be like, oh, I'm fine for the most part. But I don't think we subconsciously realize how fucked up most of us are. Well, yeah. I, I sleep. I sleep. Yeah, you're right. Like if you ask most, I mean, most if, people, no, if you it, ask a lot of addicts if yeah. they're addicts, are they really going to say like, yes? No, they're going to be like, no, I'm good. You know what I mean? Right. And th- that's just addicts. On, like it can be. It can be. Oh, Not laughing can, at people who are addicts. Right. It can be alcohol. It could be porn. It could be cocaine. It right. could be weed. Whatever. It's anything you could be addicted to. Yeah. Right. It can be. It can be got, working out. Right. And you or you got problems with anything, right? Like sleeping, you might not be conscious or really aware of it in looking at it in that way. So yeah. it, it is. It, it is interesting. You know that there are people trying to do stuff. So anytime I see things around tech about. Is really training your brain during the day to help you sleep better at night. Found it pretty interesting. Check it out. It's the Yurgo Night. And there's headband. another there's another app that Joe Rogan uh, has posted about that does sort of the same thing. And I want to yeah. try and find it and pull it up. But, but I, do, I do find it interesting. It's, now it's like it's like you attach it to you and it monitors how you sleep and it tells you how much sleep you're actually you're getting, getting and things like that. Yeah. But there are there are more apps for this now that I should probably get because uh, I want right. to make sure I get my sleep. So if you want to do that, you can check that out. That's the Year Go Night Headband. All right, that's it for this episode of the A Hotel Podcast, episode 107. You know how to follow us. Find us. Please subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we'll be back with more uh, for the rest of the month. Um, and be sure to check out our extra bonus content on Patreon. Uh, for Brian Fonseca, I'm Dex Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace.